Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, Lori is back with us today, and we've also got... It's Brittany Witch. In studio, hanging out. How is it going, guys? What a day this Thursday is so far. It's so beautiful out. The girl has risen. Yes! Do you know what? I was so glad it wasn't pickleball pain. I thought I was having all this body ache and pain extreme because I was so out of shape, I couldn't play pickleball because Julia drilled me. I played on Saturday and (laughs) Sunday. Yeah. And on Monday, I could hardly move. Well, it turns out it's the COVID. Your achy, that pain. I know exactly what you're talking about. That like flu it ache. It was deep pain. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I'm in worse shape than I ever knew. Here, I thought I was, you know, in pretty okay shape. Kill it. You're like, I, Pilates doesn't hit these muscles, I guess. But it it was it was COVID. And it just like took me down for like two days, like a bad Ugh. flu. That's but terrible. I did get on the Paxlovid or whatever that stuff is. And I wanted to let people know, because Casey and I have had to buy tests, Brittany, my dear. Yeah. They're not and they're cheap. $24. That's right. For Dang. two tests at the drugstore, you can go to uh, covidtests.gov starting September 25th to get four free ones. And also Minnesota Department of Health, you can order. Oh, so nice. Just FYI. Because like I was testing negative. Before I tested positive. Yeah, tricky so, thing, this COVID bitch. So you probably spent like a hundred dollars <laughs> in tests for the past couple of weeks. No, we we had some. Oh, good. Oh, Casey had had. He always stays on top of ordering them. Oh, good. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for um, filling in like uh, a substitute teacher on the regular. No, no problem. Your student was unruly, and your kids were terrible. <laughs> but I do have to say, uh, wait, is Casey doing better too? Oh yeah, he's he's fine, and I know there's disagreement about this, but I think because he is the stickiest fingered man alive, maybe worse than a toddler, <laughs> worse than Go Go. Okay, and even though I thought I was cleaning and Clorox, Cloroxing and everything, um, I, I mean, how I get it a week after he gets it, and all I can think of is I touch something. He touched like honey, yeah, and put it in my mouth or rub my eye or who yeah, knows. Who I'm knows? always yelling at him about all the stuff I'm always picking up because he's got big bear uh, paws. paws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're full of. He loves honey and peanut butter. I don't know. He really I, is he like a giant bear. Like that is, is everything you're saying. 
But 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 in a small cub form. That's yeah. true. He's not that tall. No, he's not that. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a cub bear. Yeah. I'm glad to hear. I mean, you sound good. I'm so glad oh, to hear yeah. you're feeling better. Hundred percent. But but now I got to be broadcasting from home. But um, today's a big day, uh, Brittany, for two reasons. Hmm. Grant's got the song, yes. which everybody. At any news organization or radio station or even in a, a, hey, Alexis, play Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Ah. Yes, it's the song we play. The 21st First day of September. They were just this, here. Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. This song came out in 1978. It was played at, I love, such a good dance song. And oh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a also uh, Casey's daughter, my bonus girl. Gave birth to her second baby boy today, the 21st of September. Oh, today? So he's got a song. He, that today? It happened today? It happened today. Congrats. This is Bruce's brother, right? This is uh, Bruce's brother. Oh, and uh, Gobo's got another little, a little boy to know. And yeah. his name is Duke. Duke and oh, Bruce. My... Duke and Bruce. Oh, my heart can't take it. Both of those names are absolutely perfect. Chonky, healthy boy. Uh, yeah, I don't even know the weight yet, but she sent me, like, when I was at the fair, she sent me, like, her last ultrasound. And, I mean, I, I thought that picture should have come with a warning. It looked like Casey <laughs> was smashed in his daughter's <laughs> uterus because it was all face and smashed up in a huge nose. It was the most frightening thing. You're tight in the you're in the oven. By that point, <laughs> tight in a the month oven. ago, I'm like, why is your father in your stomach? <laughs> oh, congratulations. That's so yeah. exciting. I can't believe I can't wait. I need yeah. pictures of both those boys so, together. I mean, even though we really want Gogo and Bruce to be the couple, yeah, in, in the celeb couple, years, yeah, yeah, you know, they're meant to be together. Yeah, there's well, she needs options. A girl needs options. Yeah, that's Duke true. or Bruce, your choice, Gogo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Duke was um, Julia and Casey. You know, their their dad, um, their grandpa. He was called Duke, but he came here from Italy. He was 10 mm -hmm. and his brother was eight and their names were Duilio and Segundo, which Segundo just literally means second. second in yeah. Italian. Very common wow. for the second son just because Segundo. That's so sad. <laughs> and, no name, and, just Segundo. But, but it was common. And so when they got here to be Americanized, they were called Duke and Sully. Oh, that's so cute. Instead of Clelio and Segundo. So I was pushing, but since I wasn't really pushing anything out of me, I want I was like <laughs> call him Dwilio and then you know Nick so he has a formal name. Yeah. You know, but I was overridden on that uh suggestion. Idea. Again, yeah. cuz I'm not giving birth. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the person, those two are the two that get to decide. I guess. I mean, yeah. for now, you had a baby, you know. I know. I, I guess. Yeah, I definitely like it, naming. It, it's so funny because I've named my dogs ridiculous things, and I, you know, I made named a dog Taylor Swift before, yes. and I have got a dog named Robot. Things got real serious when we pushed With out a human being, and I go, yeah. "This can't be some goofy, silly name. Like this has to be a real." And that. That that was a weird responsibility for me, and it took a while to like take out of my brain anything yeah, bad. And 
I mean, I was even so worried about it. I even dared breathe the word. I go, what about dookie? Are you comfortable with people calling them that? Because that's another connotation. It really is. And I add a Y to everything. Like I do too. I mean, there's a dog named Jude in my life, and I call him, it's a boy, and I call him Judy all the time because I add Ys to everything. Yeah. Julia tried to, when Grant first started, she tried to call him Granty. That's not great. And I had to put my... Put the, but yeah, you, you did. did God's work there. Yeah, all hard down on that. I said no, that doesn't feel right. Granty, at, at oh. all. I feel like she might still slip it in here and again because I does. feel like I've heard Granty. Yeah, she does. Yeah, but but Grant is now feels like he just wags a finger. That that will uh, that nickname isn't happening. No, we're good. We're good with Grant. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like Grant. It's such a great name. I like one syllable. A lot. I think you could inspire a renaissance of Grant as a boy name by being on this show, Grant. Yes. I mean, I, I've thought about it. You know, I was going to name Margot Grant. <laughs> That's not true. Not true. Um, no, I like the one syllables. My sister really nailed. She's got Finn and Ike. And I always Ooh. think about, I love the one syllables. One syllables yeah. are nice. Yeah. But Just, do you call him Finny and Ikey? All I call him Finn McNissel. I call him Wigglebutt. <laughs> yeah. I call him, yeah. I mean, I, and then I, I call Ike Ikey all the time yeah. or Ikerson. I go, when I'm like right. formal, I'm like, all right, go get over here, Ikerson. But his full name is just Ike. Well, I, you know what? I, I hope this kid is kind of a bruiser. I think I he know. might be. And then we can call him Marmaduke, too. Oh. That's always good. <laughs> well, you know, Lori, you're the one when we were, when I was pregnant and, um, and Bruce was, uh, uh, just a, he was just a beautiful, big old baby. We both agreed there's nothing better than a chonky, happy baby. Oh, my gosh. They're just, ah. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, just, the bigger they are, the better. And if they're good eaters, uh, yay, the mom and dad are going to be so happy. Yeah, I like it to um, look like there could be a watch under Gogo's folds of her arms. I like to <laughs> oh just, yeah. just... she's. She's really, she's that. She, you could enter in a competition for roly poly. She's so yeah. roly poly and so happy. Roly. What a happy yeah. little girl. She's happy. She's never hungry. Never once. Never hungry. <laughs> Just like her mom. Never been hungry. Not a day in her life. Oh, oh it's so fun to All have right. you back, Laurie. Well, thank you. When we come back, it's a story we can't get enough of. And also at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking with Brian Freeman, who's one of our favorite, favorite authors. But he, uh, has written his fourth book in the uh, Robert Ludlum, Jason Bourne series. So we're talking to him at 3.30, but when we come back, it's a story we can't get enough of. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. We've been getting some questions from our listeners about divorce, Ann. And one listener asked us, what if my child doesn't want to live with me? Well, we have a saying in family law, and that is that when children reach a certain age, and that can kind of vary, there's nothing in our state laws, but as they get to kind of like 13, 14, 15, they can have a voice, but they don't have a choice. Think of it this way. If your child suddenly said, I'm not going to school, you don't let them make that decision. So they'll have some input on what type of schedule there might be, but they're not going to be the final judge on the issue. And what about moving out of state? Moving out of state is not an easy thing. It's really a case-by-case basis. I would encourage someone to talk to an attorney about it. But our laws really encourage, as long as both parents are actively involved, that the parent-child relationship is priority. So moving out of state without the other parent's consent is pretty tough. For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to TrustlerLaw.com or use MyTalk keyword divorce.
Brittany, do you like how the Taylor Swift songs get teed up for you? Um, it's all I really care about, and I have to prevent myself from screaming them on the microphone. I've been told by uh, everybody involved. Really? I like when you sing. Aw, thanks, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> Even the Hollywood. I, I do, because A, you know the words. That's it's refreshing. Julie and I are usually just singing the chorus or the wrong words. I was going to say the wrong words, uh, at least on Lori or Julia's side for sure. Yeah. It, it is fun to hear the the reinvention of the words. It does make us laugh pretty hard. She does reinvent it all the time. Well, oh, man. Same. And and I I think because of my earwax, I've heard things on and off through the years, you know, yeah. depending on uh, how clean my ear canals have been. Do you ever do the ear candle thing? No, I just go to the doctor once a year and get them lavaged out. Yeah, yeah. I like that, too. And laugh with the nurse who has to do the grim job. I bet you it's weirdly satisfying to do that job. It, yeah, they come out like cashews. They look like cashews. They're Dang. such compacted wax. It's yes. It's I always make them show me. It's really- I love whenever I get any of the facial stuff. I'm like, show me all my skins. I want to see everything. It's so gross. <laughs> okay, so um, there is like some good gossip, but I want Grant to bring it to the dirt alert. And yeah. um, but. So, of course, you know, having been home for two days, did do some sleeping, but I also did do some TV watching. And Casey um, and I discovered a show. I had brought it up to him a couple weeks ago when it came out, and it's called Who is Aaron Carter Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Just because on my Netflix algorithm, it came right up, you know, for (laughs) me, espionage, thriller, kind of a puzzle mystery you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, so we binge watched Who is Aaron Carter over the last two nights. Just eight episodes. But I'm telling you, if you need a show that, like, to watch with somebody. So here's the setup. It's a British woman's. She's living this tranquil life as a substitute teacher in Barcelona. And it's filmed in Barcelona. So it's beautiful. You know, because that's, that's a beach city. I've never been. Oh, it's a beach city. It's got mountains and it's got a gothic quarter that goes back to like the 11th or 12th century. Okay. So it's just a cool, cool place. And it's uh, Sagrada Familia. And I forget what that one artist is who makes all the buildings that look like balloons and stuff. I can't think of his name. Okay. Real interesting architecture. So she's living... And all of a sudden, she and her daughter, this happens right at the beginning, they're in a supermarket, an armed robbery uh, is going on. She stops it. Someone gets her photo in a local story, and the story's told in flashback about her um, secret and violent past. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house 
to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Dang. It kind of reminds me of the one... Um, You're reminding me of something, too. Um. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to forget her name. Uh, Justin Timberlake's wife did that one oh. movie... The sinner, the sinner. Yeah, where you think it it's is com- like that? It's com- you think it's completely one story, and then you find out it's that's the tip of the iceberg of the story. It, yeah, I we both really really liked it. The actors were good. Yes, oh, there were a couple little plot holes, but I mean, it's it's like the finest in popcorn binging TV Ooh. as far as like a thriller. Love it. I love when. Grant likes this too, and so does Julia. We love when we get to go like to places with shows. Like oh, yeah. that was the fun of Citadel and uh, the Gray Man, and uh, what's his name, the John Clancy, or you know, oh, where Jack you're Ryan? going to Prague, Paris, Jack Ryan. London. Yeah, was that Jack yeah. Ryan? No, Jack Ryan. Yes, yes, that was awesome. So if you like Jack Ryan, you know, if you like that, this check out this. Who is Aaron Carter on Netflix? All right, that sounds great. And I would have never thought that is what it was about. I mean, even when you're talking about who is Aaron yeah, Carter, your mind goes a, elsewhere. It's a goofy name. It's a terrible name, let's say that. Yeah, but it makes sense because who is this woman? Yeah, well, I mean, you don't think of that Aaron Carter, though, when you hear this. When you're, I was and like, it's right? E-R-I-N. I figured yeah. that after you started talking, I was like, okay, yeah. it's got to be E-R, but yeah. And then I caught up on the three episodes that dropped of our new favorite soap opera about media and um, morning, afternoon, and evening news, the morning show. Oh, is it good? You know what? It's soapy fun. I know. And it's also touching on some very real issues. Nicole Bahari is fantastic. She's the new anchor at UVA. And we know Nicole, if you watch that show, Sleepy Hollow, Mm -hmm. she was the, she's great. But we haven't seen much of her. So she's in this show, and John Hamm is chewing the scenery as this Elon Musk-like <laughs> mogul. And oh. he's so good. Well, he plays a handsome devil. I mean, he's way more handsome than Elon Musk is. Yeah, no, <laughs> far more handsome. He, I've never, yeah. yeah. He, he's very good at tapping into his, his douchebaggery. I know. I... Because he's played some good stuff before. He was on Black Mirror and did a good job yes. with that, too. Um, I love me some John Hamm. Here's yeah. A, okay, so I was on a run the other day, and I was like, what's what's one streaming service I can get rid of that I haven't been using for a while? And the one that came to mind, of course, was Apple TV, because they haven't had anything for a while. So I oh, canceled do it. Do not get rid of Apple TV right now. I am a fool. I think I'll join again in like a month after they put some out, because we're behind on some stuff. So okay. I'll, I'll join back up, because I was like... It's only it's not even that bad, but you know how you just all of a sudden go there. We have so many things and we watch like besides Peacock that I watch every day. Um, right. I pretty much sometimes watch one show a night because we put the baby to bed. Right. We got other stuff. But like I was like, we don't have enough time in our days to watch all this stuff. Yes. So I the sacrificial lamb I made at the time was Apple TV. And then like the day later, I was like, the morning show's coming out. And, you know, if you've never watched For All Mankind or yes. Severance, those are both on yeah. Apple and those are terrific. They're good. And but they, they, The supermodels. 
Yeah. And that one was a good one. And then just for fun, I, Casey and I did watch two episodes of The Walking Dead, uh, the Daryl Dixon in France. Was it good? You know what? It fixed the, the, the void in my zombie. Good. I had a zombie hole in my heart. And we don't need you seeking that elsewhere. Yeah, so I, I liked it. It has potential. Awesome. All, All right. right, Grant, let's hear the traffic. Hey, hey everybody. It's Lori here for uh, First Equity Mortgage. And David and the team, so great at helping people. But I've asked David before, I said, like, what is the number one th- obstacle that you guys will have? And he'll be like, yeah, people will see these online ads for getting approved in minutes by some largest home lender that's a nationwide program. And he said, and the thing is, a lot of people get disappointed because they don't have all the information about you. And by doing it in minutes, they're really only looking for the absolutely, you know, cream of the crop, quote unquote, uh, potential prospects. Whereas David and his team, you know, do you qualify for a loan based on your income or the neighborhood that you're buying in? Or, um, if you're in a situation where you want to pay off credit card, well, does that really make sense where everything is? You're not going to get that with somebody that's uh, at a 1-800 number or online. Work with David and the team. Go to my talk keyword David to get going. Best-selling author Brian Freeman is joining us for an edition of the LoJ Book Club for his Born series. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, it is always great to talk to you guys. Okay, so The Born Defiance, this is the fourth Robert Ludlum, Jason Bourne novel that you have written, and it is, I thought the first one was great, the second, the third, but this one, holy crap, was so, <laughs> so good. Brian, I, I can't imagine that the Robert Ludlum estate is not in love with you. Yeah, I've had such a great relationship with Putnam and the estate. They've they've been incredibly supportive of my rebooting, you know, the whole Jason Bourne series. And uh, uh, they're thrilled and I'm thrilled because uh, most recently with the paperback of The Bourne Sacrifice, my third one, we were we were back on the New York Times bestseller list. So it's been a long time since Bourne was on there. So we're we're all really pleased with that. Give people the setup of your of your latest book, because I personally think that you can read them in any order the way you write, which I don't even know how that's part of Robert Ludlum, I guess, with the original. But I mean, you could kind of come in the middle. You didn't have to necessarily read in order. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that's what's important about doing a long running series is you want to write them in such a way that a new reader can really dive in anywhere. Um, certainly my, my first book, The Born Evolution, that, that really was sort of a, a, a complete relaunch of the series. So you didn't yes. need to have read anything. So start that with came that. Before. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you could certainly dive in with The Born Defiance if, if you want. Uh, it, it stands on its own. But uh, I always think, hey, it's the fourth book that I've written. And it uh, it kind of brings all of the threads and characters together for this, you know, climactic finale. So uh, I tell people, hey, start with Born Evolution. You've got kind of a four book series there and uh, 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 charge right on into Defiance. And, and Brian, um, I do appreciate that you've continued the good tradition of Jason Bourne being a sexy man and always having sexy love interests <laughs> that may or may not be he, double agents. Yeah, he does have kind of an active love life in my book, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, that's one of the things that made him, uh, you know, 
also a great movie character. I, I would I would have to think, um, you know, that I know nothing can happen right now, but you've really um, written a vivid, this would be so easy to do two pictures out of, at least. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder, you know, is, is Matt Damon out there paying attention to this? Because I agree. It seems like, you know, we've got Jack Reacher coming back and Jack Ryan coming back. Seems like mm-hmm. it's right about time for Jason Bourne to be hitting the screen again as well. With a new actor, and I would like it to be Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> How, Brian, what has it been like for for your other books by writing, you know, because Jason Bourne, I mean, I, I think... I think, you know, like my husband is a classic fan. He hadn't read um, a Bourne book in a long time. And then when you wrote The Bourne Evolution, I said, Casey, you got to try it. I mean, Brian is really good at spinning. I mean, I don't know what kind of research you do, but all this stuff that you write about with all this espionage and it's, it's so believable and thrilling. And he did. And he's like, He's like, all he wanted me to ask you is, when is the next Born book coming out? <laughs> well, in, in fact, I, I'm going to be wrapping up the first draft of, of my fifth Born book tomorrow. Okay. I'm down wow. to the very last chapter. All right. Because, I mean, people, it, it is exciting um, to read these books. And how much research do you do? Like, to know all the, I mean, because you know, like, you you get into some good detail um, about all the ways that he does what he does. Yeah, it's always spy. it's always kind of it's always kind of fun doing the research and and uh, I uh, I've I've picked up some really interesting relationships with uh, with readers over the years who have uh, who have some rather interesting backgrounds that can be helpful in in the books. Um, but you know that was one of the things I think that was true of. Ludlum's original novels as well. I mean, he would focus on sort of ripped from the headlines conspiracies, and he would always, you know, deal with things that had echoes of what was going on in uh, in the real world, and uh, mm-hmm. he would kind of make you wonder, well, is that is that what 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 really happened? Is that how it actually went? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just like a really that was a, it was a heart pounding book. We're talking about the Born Defiance, the fourth book and Brian Freeman writing the Ludlum novel. What has it meant to your other books with people knowing who you are? Yeah, it's, it's been kind of sort of interesting cross-pollination because uh, a lot of my readers uh, have now gone and, uh, and, and shifted over and discovered the Jason Bourne series. Uh, some folks obviously have been longtime fans. They, they remember the Robert Ludlum books from the early days, but a lot of folks mm-hmm. have, have now discovered the series for the first time. Uh, and then a lot of Bourne readers uh, have, have written to me and said, uh, oh, you know, gosh, you know, when I read and enjoyed the Bourne novels, I, I went out to your website and uh, checked out all of your other novels. And uh, I love the Stride series and the Deep, Deep mm-hmm. Snow and my other standalones. Yeah. You're so talented. Jeez Louise. I I don't know how you do it, Brian. (laughs) Well, thank you. It is uh, honestly, it's so much fun to be, to be writing the Bourne books. I I was such a huge fan. It's just an incredible honor. And, uh, you know, to be, to be making a living telling stories, uh, that's been my dream as as far back as I can remember. So it's been, uh, it's just been a great ride these past 20 years. Yeah. You know what? I want to ask you something. This, this happened today. I saw this, I think on, um, um, good morning America, a group of best-selling authors, including John Grisham, Michael Conley, Jody Bacole have filed a class action lawsuit against open 
AI, the maker of chat GPT. Yeah, that's a really interesting scenario. I, I mean, I, I have to say that uh, when, when you look at the idea of, of artificial intelligence as it relates to, you know, writing and novels, I, I can't help but uh, agree with them that uh, mm-hmm. the, the only way for, for artificial intelligence to come up with so many of these things is just sort of rampant copyright infringement. Uh, there, there, yes. if, if you ask, if you ask, you know, uh, AI to, to, to write, you know, something in the, the vein of uh, a Jason Bourne novel, well, how could it do anything and pull anything unless you know all of the uh, existing novels have been put in there and if that's the case then they're clearly uh, they're they're clearly just ripping people off so yeah I've right got a lot they're of just about that restacking as well. reshaping storylines with existing yeah it, it is like it is i you know you can see why the writers guild is holding firm on the artificial intelligence you know that there has to be they yeah, need to have yeah, that be on the table Yep, that's exactly right. Oh, geez. All right. So, Brian, you're finishing up the fifth book. Will we not see the next Born book till next summer? Yeah, it'll be it'll be next July that it'll be coming out. But the uh, the good news is that we've actually been doing so well with uh, with Born that uh, uh, Putnam and the Ludlam Estate uh, came to me uh, earlier this year and said, "Well, how would you feel about writing two Born books a year?" So uh, uh, the, uh, the, the the new book is is due next month, and then the the sixth Born book will be due in mid April. So at least for a couple of years, we're going to be seeing two Jason Bourne novels a year. So yeah, the Hollywood books to the grindstone. Right, the Hollywood book speak on that is Brian. You're selling a ton of books. Yes, <laughs> and so yeah, so there'll, there'll be a so. lot of born. The, well, thank you. Yeah, you know, and and the, the good the good news for readers too is that not only will there be a lot of Jason Bourne, but uh, I, I managed to squeeze in a new standalone novel of my own earlier this year. So, uh, in addition to uh, a new Bourne novel next year, there'll be another great standalone called Break Every Rule coming out in right, September, well, and I'm really really excited. You know, to have we'll, that one we'll have you'll, we'll have you on for that. We love everything you write, but really, just huge, huge, and really kind of. As somebody who read like the Bourne books, you know, like in the eighties, the Robert Ludlum, and I mean, right. it you're right up there with uh, they're just nail biters. So so good. Thank you. That's terrific. What's the last great book you read? Oh boy, you know it's 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 funny. I've I've actually I've actually kind of listened to a number of the audiobooks of my okay. own novels just to get at this. <laughs> no, I just I I just finished up listening to one from from a long time ago. My second stride novel, Stripped. I uh, I finally listened to the audiobook of that, and uh, I was uh, listening to it, and I was thinking, hey, you know what? That's pretty darn good. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that, Brian. You're confident. Who read that book? Uh, it was Joe Barrett. He was the the actor that does all the the stride novels. Oh, and, he's the uh, just, same. Just You've a, had that smart. Yeah, he he does a terrific job with stride. Yeah, I have such a visual of stride in my head in Duluth and on Park Point. Nice. Yeah. Just anyway, well, Brian, great to talk to you. Thanks for being part of the LoJ Book Club. We've got a couple copies to give away of the Born Defiance. Call Grant at 651-641-1071. Brian, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, guys. Hi, gang. It's Lori for Hammernix Flooring Solutions. And Hammernix, they have flooring for, quote, unquote, all walks of life, whether you're looking for carpeting or uh, hardwood flooring or luxury vinyl 
flooring. They've got the biggest selection in the metro area. And now they've got four locations. So they opened in Rochester this summer. They also just recently opened in Hudson. And then they've been open for the last couple of years in New Hope off of 169 Bass Lake Road and the original location in St. Paul. But they have a huge inventory, the best pricing. You're working with family-owned business. If you're somebody that's a DIYer, you can they can work with you. But if you need people to do the install, they take a they care take care of everything. I mean, soup to nuts. They're just uh, absolutely terrific. That's Hammernix. If you also want to look at them online, go to hammernix.com. And when you go in the store, tell them the girls sent you. CNBC had the uh, report on this this morning. We've got some reporting from the Today Show that the studios and the Writers Guild could be nearing an agreement. Yes. And it could even be happening today. So if nothing has happened, they're still meeting. So this story still holds up from this morning. Yeah, but they came to the table, which yes. is more than we can say they've been doing. Uh, rumor is they're starting to feel the pain and realizing the public is very much so siding with the writers and actors when it's all of this. So, and yeah. as we get nearer the fall. Yeah. Um, well, let's shows... see. I don't know who's reporting. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd love show, but we've got kind of who's coming to the table and all of that. Yes. Well, is it Chloe Mellis? Is that the name? Chloe? I think, so. I think that's it. We're starting off with some positive signs in Hollywood over the writer's strike. CNBC is reporting this morning that studios and writers are nearing an agreement to end this month's long walkout. Sources telling our sister network that the two sides met and hope to finalize a deal today. But they stress, of course, nothing is certain and adding if a deal isn't reached soon, well, the strike could last through the end of the year. Yeah, NBC's Chloe Malas is joining us with these breaking details. Hey, Chloe, good morning. Good morning, Hoda and Savannah. That's right, it's been 142 days since the Writers Guild of America went on strike. And yesterday, those formal negotiations resumed after more than a month without any progress. Now, we are hearing that we can expect some new developments today. Could there finally be an end to the months-long writer's strike that's ground Hollywood to a halt? Both sides meeting again today, and this morning, there's new hope for progress after major studio heads came to the table for the first time Wednesday, signaling a significant shift in the talks. A source close to the negotiations telling NBC News that talks on Wednesday were productive and that they're hoping for more progress on Thursday. But there's hope in the air for the first time in a long time. Late Wednesday, the Writers Guild of America, which represents more than 11,000 writers, issued a joint statement with the AMPTP, which represents streaming services and studios, including Comcast, the parent company of NBC Universal, saying simply that both sides met for bargaining and will meet again Thursday. But sources close to the negotiations tell CNBC that after Wednesday's meetings, writers and producers are near an agreement and hope to finalize a deal today. The source is also telling CNBC that if a deal is not reached, the strike could last through the end of the year. NBC News learning that top executives attended the negotiations for the first time, including Disney's Bob Iger, Netflix's Ted Sarandos, Discovery's David Zaslav, and NBC Universal's Donna Langley. Those talks are usually led by labor relations representatives and top AMPTP staffers. Um, so I'm really hoping that they're really coming in good faith. Online skepticism from some WGA members. One posting, I'll believe it when the WGA tells me they've reached a deal. 
The main sticking points between the two groups remain wage increases, residuals in the streaming era, and the use of artificial intelligence. This has been devastating as a WJ writer on strike. The effects felt by hundreds of thousands as Hollywood has been shut down, with actors also on strike in a separate dispute. Now, from the picket lines to A-listers, many urging both sides to move forward. All right, I feel that's as good, if everybody... Yeah, I think that's good. So, yeah, I, that is a good sign. And yeah. with the actor strike, I mean, Hollywood is like, the, all of L.A. is shutting down. Oh, yeah. The and business effect is so tremendous. And um, so I, I I think I really hope that's, that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed that they, the studio heads realize that they they can't keep screwing people over. No, the business model doesn't work, and it hasn't worked for a while. And right, they they got to come to the table and be realistic that you know, yeah, they want Chat GPT creating scripted series. No. I mean, do we? No. I don't know. No. That's what I'm saying. I think we don't. But like at the same time, it's like, well, I. I don't know. We have to pivot with what's happening. And I agree that no, I don't. But, you know, no, no because there's never you don't get the emotion. You don't get no. the biases. You don't get all the stuff that makes writing rich. Yeah. And you know, it, yeah. the human element to it. Yes. Yeah. It will definitely be interesting. I know the model needs to change. And, you know, there's been a lot of like we've pivoted with how you want to pay for TV. A lot of things have changed. There's no reason these contracts can't change as well. We've all Thank changed you, with Brittany. so many the consumers things. had to change. Yes. yes. The way we consume TV had to. So And how we pay for it. Absolutely. So they just seem to be making more and more money yeah. and everybody else pays more. And yes. then the people who are the creatives are getting paid the least except for the top 20%. Yeah. Question. Yeah. And this yeah. may not be, you may not have an answer for this, but since they're two different unions, the actors and the writers, yeah. and the, this is good news for the for the writers. Now, we don't know anything about the actors. It doesn't matter. They does. have to get the writers, writers first, back writing. First, okay, that was going to be my question. Yeah, yeah so yeah. That we need the writers first. That's the urgency. Got it, okay. I just didn't know. And then that would hopefully put the influence and the pressure on the studio to then wrap up with the actors. there's stuff already written and ready to be acted. Yes, yes. So, so they have to they have to get and the writers guild does have Hollywood by the balls because there's no now you've got Dancing with the Stars may not come back that guy Matt Walsh from Veep said he was explained I'm a union I this, this is a struck show because Dancing with the Stars has one mm-hmm. writers guild mm-hmm. member yep. and Dancing with the Stars with the actors who are on the show. Matt Walsh, he left the show today. Yeah. Mira Sorvino is SAG. Allison. Jamie Lynn Spears. Uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. Their thinking is in all the packages, they'll be promoting the struck work. Star of Zoe 101. And, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Oscar winner. Well, yeah. No, I mean, it's people. Have so been they're getting- being picketed. Yeah, and I think it's it is a uh, one something worth mentioning is like if they're relying there are there is writing technically on these shows. These people don't walk up there and just create, you know, up next Jojo see what they don't just say there is still writing on these shows. So it is such a murky murky area. Well, it isn't if you employ a writers guild writer on your staff then it's a struck show. Yeah. End of story. 
I know. I'm just saying that, like, they yeah. are kind of towing that line of, is this, you know, I don't know if it's technically right for some of the shows that they claim don't have writing or writers. But Well, yeah. like, Sherry Shepard, yeah. she yeah. got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so her show is pause now. Yeah. Was that convenient, Grant? I don't know. And then how about Rupert Murdoch? That news. Oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, big news. A lot of stuff in the media world. Stepping down. Yeah. Kendall is going to run things. If you follow it like succession, the bestest, <laughs> oh, boy, I was like... the bestest boy is Lachlan. Murdoch. Well, I'm glad he got it because, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> It's been but, long you enough. You know, it is just like succession with the yeah. fighting with the brothers. The one yeah. brother's out. We wish the other brother was in. Yeah. We wish he was the bestest boy because he's sensible. Lachlan boys. is like his dad, but he's the goodest, bestest boys. And the New York Post, Rupert Murdoch owns the New York Post, bleeds money, even though everybody clicks on it. They didn't report that he was stepping down until five hours after it was on every other outlet. Wow, that's weird. Dang. I know. Why would you do? Why? Huh. Huh. The bestest boy is going to put an end to the page six? I don't know. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) The bestest boy. I love page six. Well, and I'm thinking, God, Rupert Murdoch wanted to wait the full solid six months right before succession is over so they don't have any chance. And what he did probably realize, better to pick the air when you're alive. Right. Because we learn in succession, it goes the other way around. That's then that third episode, right? Yeah. And there's that obsession with control, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that they always want their fingers still in it. So. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, can you... I guess no one's going to be having Thanksgiving or Christmas together. I I can't. That's one thing I'm very thankful for. I love my family. We are very close. I'm so glad we do not work together in any capacity. Yeah. I, because that always challenging. It would be so challenging. It always comes home with you. It It, always does. That was my life for the first 27 years of my life. We we were a working family and we, and then I remember the day that we sold the golf courses, we went to the Medina ballroom and had a drink and we looked at each other and we're finally like, we're a family family and we don't have to like, when we're having dinner, talk about the agonies of all the bills that we owe and all the debt we have, you know, we went from a working family to a family family. And that's the only thing that's really made the movement really kind of nice. And what we found out, but what we found out in watching succession, it doesn't matter if it's a small company or a billion dollar company, it's all the same crap. Yes. It is. It's, yes. It's politics. Yes. It's feelings. Family it's, dynamics. You know, it's all a, it is. Celebrities. So, and that way it was so relatable. Celebrities, yeah. they're just like us. Just like us. <laughs> except our... tri- traveling private. That's just yes, yep. <laughs> but they're PJs, that's it. All right, we'll see you on the other side.